0: As we enter the new year of 2020, we all know that, and we look back if we go back and look at some of the challenges and difficulties that people faced last year. Uh, we know they're going to face some challenges this year. We're going to have crises. Probably most of our families, probably most families in our church, are going to face some type of crisis. It may be a, a, a minor crisis, although no crises is really minor, is it, or a major crises. We could face deaths of loved ones. We could face all kinds of things could happen. The world's in turmoil now. We could watch all kinds of things collapse. And it's just I'm grateful for what God has done in our church over the last six months. I'm thrilled to watch watch God bringing new people into the church. I'm great, grateful for um, the strengthening of our church. I thank you for faithful people who are doing their job every week, and um, all kinds of good things are happening. But at the same time, we need to realize that there's going to be battles out there. Some of you folks I know are right in the middle of some battles. Um, big battles. Big stuff going on. And some of you folks are facing those even as we sit here this morning. And the problem with our battles is that we, it, you get tired of fighting, don't you? And sometimes it seems like this battle comes and it comes one after the other and it's just bam, 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 and I can't get out of this, and, and I'm struggling, and I'm fighting. Well, the thing is, is that God's Word has a plan for us. And sometimes um, Paul wrote, and I think it was Corinthians, Paul wrote that the things that were written of old are written for our learning. And I think sometimes God gives us situations in the Old Testament that may not seem like they're totally applicable to today, but there are lessons to be learned. And that's what I want to address this week and next. This week is kind of going to be background for next week's lesson. So we're going to be starting in 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles is a historical book. Uh, At this time, there were various kings in authority. (coughs) Israel (coughs) was divided into two parts, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And that division was already part of God's judgment. And you had various kings in the north and various kings in the south. In the Bible they're called... um, Israel is... is The northern kingdom is called Israel. The southern kingdom is called Judah. So we have these two kingdoms. Israel up here. Judah down here. Israel went through a terrible time. They had no good kings in Israel. They had a few good kings down in Judah. But um, so the the land is divided and that's, that's where we find ourselves today. Um... The key verse for this, though, is Two Chronicles twenty, verse fifteen. Two Chronicles twenty fifteen, and let me read that to you. Um, it's, it's the kind of focus of all we're going to talk about. And he said, "Listen, all you Judah, all of all of Judah, and all of the inhabitants of, inhabitants of Jerusalem, and um, and you, King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you: Do not be afraid." "...nor be dismayed by the reason of this multitude, for um, the battle is not yours, but God's." So the battles and the challenges that we are going to face in 2020, we can face with the encouragement, just as Jehoshaphat, we're going to meet this morning, was facing with struggles. God says, the things that you're going to face, they're not your battles to face by yourself. The struggles that are going to come, they're not something you've got to deal with by yourself. Because God says, because I am with you, says the Lord. God is with us no matter what we face. We've we've all been through those. We've we've had some terrible things happen. We've been through cancer twice. Um, Mary's mom passed away (laughs) last year. And these things happen. And what do you do when those battles come? And the encouragement we have to have is the fact that God says, you're not going through this by yourself. I'll I'll be with you through it. And we'll get to the actual battle next week. Let me give us the best start back. We want to flip back to chapter 17 this morning. 2 Chronicles, chapter 17. The background is... The background for this is... Remember I told you there's two divisions to the kingdom? The northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah? Well, right now they're in the middle of a civil war. The king up north is the wicked king Ahab, and you may recognize that name. He was one of the wickedest of the wicked people who's ever lived. He was really, really, really a bad guy. Um... Uh, I, I asked a question this week on Facebook out kind of curiosity. Who is, who, which, which person from literature do you like and which one do you not like? And if you talked about the Bible, or Jah- um, Ahab would be one of those you did, would not like. He was associated with, his wife was Jezebel, right? Yeah. His wife was Jezebel. And all I have to do is say the name Jezebel and you can see what kind of family they had, but they had, they had at that time. Um, but in the South there's Jehoshaphat. But look at 2 Chronicles 17. 1-6. through six. I want you to see this because as we lay the background for next week, I want you to see that Jehoshaphat was one of God's people. He would be today, if we had used the word today, he would be a believer who trusted God. And we're going to see him come to power. And we're going to see him come to faith. So we're going to see that the battle is not just for the world. This battle is something God's people face. So as we look next week and look at it, we're going to know that it's a situation that that is for God's people. Jehoshaphat comes to power. 2 Chronicles 17, verse 1 through 6. And Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his stead, and he strengthened himself against Israel. Verse 2 And he placed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah, and set garrisons in the land of Judah, and in the cities of Jehoshaphat, um, which Asa his father had taken. Um, Timothy, guys, do you have your Bibles open? Can you, Grammy, can you not have find 2 Chronicles? Mm-hmm. Everybody have their Bibles? 2 Chronicles chapter 15. You there, guys? Okay. 17. Two, Yeah, 17. 2 Chronicles chapter 17. We're in verse 3 now. We're going to look like we normally do, and I'm not going to do all of them in one list, so <laughs> like I did last week. But I want to see some things that King Jehoshaphat did. What is the very first thing, boys that we find about Jehoshaphat. Who was with him at the very beginning of the verse? Any one of you guys can just raise your hand or shout out. Who was with Jehoshaphat? Okay, before that, the very beginning of the verse. Good try, David. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat. Very good. That's the first marker of one of God's people, that God was with him. And that's the promise we have today. When we got saved... Jesus came to dwell in our hearts. My devotions, I've been going through Ephesians, about the importance of unity and drawing together. And one of the key things that draws us together, as, David, or as Paul wrote to the Ephesians, you have one God who is above all, working through us all, and who is in us all. And that's a unifying factor of who God is. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat. How can we make that application of the Old Testament to today? A lot of times people, you'll see things on Facebook where there are promises made to Israel that somebody tries to claim for today for themselves. And that kind of, we'll leave that for now. But this is a clear case that God was with Jehoshaphat. Therefore, I like the name Jehoshaphat, don't you? God was with Jehoshaphat. And then the same truth, remember when Jesus left? Do you remember the last words that Jesus spoke before Um, He ascended to heaven, and lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. God is with us. We just came through the Christmas season when one of the names of Jesus is Emmanuel. Anybody know what Emmanuel means? God. I'm sorry? God with us. Good. God with us. So God is with us every day. I have to say though, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but if, as have any of you, as believers, gone through a time, don't nod your head, just think in your own head, okay? When it seemed like, where is God in this I think most of us could can think of times in our lives, as believers, when we thought, "Where is God?" And that's a sad thing, but it's real. But our flesh sometimes can take over. We need the confidence that no matter what happens this year, that God is with us. Tragically, we could we could have I mean we could have a death in one one of our families that could happen this year. The economy could collapse. We could be at war. Sometime during the year, Europe, the world could break out into world war. Sometime this year, and things could get bad. Governments could go turned against the Christians. You say, "Where is, where is he?" <coughs> but Jehoshaphat knew that God was with him. So the first thing to remember, as background, is that no matter what happens in 2020, God is with you. Now that doesn't mean that God is going to prevent anything bad from happening to you. You realize that don't you? We live in a broken world and in a broken world bad things happen when the world is broken. It's just the nature of sin. That's just the nature of a sin cursed world. But we can be assured of the fact that no matter what we face just like the Lord is with Jehoshaphat that the Lord will be with us in the year to come. Okay, look at uh, verse 3 again. Um he sought after the ways of David, but what did he not seek after, guys? At the end of verse three, the baals. Anybody know what the baals are? What were the baals, or the baals, as some people pronounce it? The baals were false gods. All right, so he did. He put away. He didn't go after the false gods. He didn't follow the wrong things. And there's all kinds of false gods today. And this, so if we're going to go through battles like Jehoshaphat did, we need to make sure that we know God is with us. And we need to get determined in our mind that I am not going after the false gods that are out there. Most of us are not going to have an idol shelf in our homes like these people did. Does that mean we don't have false gods? What can be a false god, guys? Anything. Anybody can help here. Boys, adults, anybody. David? Anything. Sorry? Anything. I can't hear anything. Anything can be a false god. Yeah. Alright, how about some specifics? Hudson? Money and time. Money and time can be your false gods. You worship money. You do whatever you can to get money. Can um, the internet be a false god? Television? Alright, are those bad things? no but they can become false gods and they take over how about popularity can that be a false god to go after friends, <clears throat> friends. what else I will pet. Your... your pet your <coughs> pet yeah I guess your pet could be a false god I know I think there are people who basically worship their pets he didn't worship false gods so if we're going to be ready for the battle you got something else sports what sports sports yeah sports can be a false god good all kinds of things. As David said at the beginning, anything can be a false god. So before Jehoshaphat went to battle, he was someone God was with him. He did not follow the false gods. Now look at verse four with me, everybody who wants. Um, but what did he? He did not seek the false gods. But what did he seek at the beginning of verse four? He sought the, the gods of his father. Okay. Verse 4, he sought the God of his father. And who was the God of his fathers? Is this, like, There's an Old Testament phrase. Who was the God of his fathers, according to the Old Testament, for the Jewish people? Jehovah God, right? The God, God the Father, as we talk about today. He sought God. And as he lived his life, he planned to seek God in everything he did. That's a very practical application for today. I'm getting us ready for facing some real battles we need to know that God is with us we need to not be following after false gods and false hopes because they're going to let you down when there's a crisis if the world economy were to collapse and you were trusting your bank account what good is it going to do you? you're trusting the government it's not going to do you any good He followed, but, but he decided he followed after the gods of his father how do we do that? and today it, it sounds great yeah, good man, Jehoshaphat. Good on you. You followed after. You sought the Lord rather than false gods. Well, how do we do that in real life? How do we seek the Lord? A couple of easy ones. Something that I'm a firm believer on and I've battered over our heads for years. You need to spend time outside of church in the Word of God. This is where God talks about himself. And if we're seeking the Lord, and I'm not going to be dogmatic, I'm not going to be legalistic, but we need to be seeking God in his word regularly. If you don't have a reading plan for 2020, today is only the 5th, I'm not saying read every word of the Bible. But there, are, any Bible app you have is going to have a reading plan for you. And it can take you through, it's on your phone, it pops up, here's your reading plan for today, some of the apps. There's no excuse not to spend time in God's Word daily. It can be as simple as uh, reading Proverbs every day of the year, and getting one chapter every day, um, and repeating it every month. But we've got to spend time in God's Word. This is how God talks to us. This is how we seek the will of God. We spend time in His Word. And there's no excuse today. They're out there. You can follow follow sites on Facebook that'll give you a verse for the day. You can follow devotions on Facebook that'll give you something out of God's Word every day. We need to spend time in God's Word. And it's more than just reading somebody else's devotional thoughts. I think it's vital that you and I must spend time reading God's word every day. This is how God's going to talk to us. He sought the Lord. How else do we seek the Lord? I'm going to take you another one I think is vitally important. Not just because we're sitting here in this room this morning, but I think believers need to be in church every chance you get. Unless you're providentially hindered, I think believers need to be in church. I believe that with all my heart. I've seen God show it over and over again through the years. I've seen people come to church and get just the word they needed to hear to carry them through. I've come to church even though I was preaching. And somebody here has reminded me. Has called me up. Has sent has said something special to me. That has given me exactly what I've needed to keep going. If you're not here, you're going to miss that. It's, it's, it's just the way it is. Does it happen every week? Did Sometimes you go to church. And you go to church and go home and say, yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that happens. Right? But we're here... For God to bless us, um, I wish I had gotten the quote, the um, J.C. Ryle quote about how the fact you don't know what God has planned for you on the day that you decide to miss church. He may have the He may have the service planned for you. I've sat here and I've listened to Jay preach or share devotion, and God has struck my heart. I, I hear when I listen to Dan, to Dan preach. Every time Dad preaches, I'm glad I'm here because he gives me something that I need from God's Word. Um, you're going to see God you need to be reading your Bibles you need to be in church and then one we can't miss you think of one more there's more things we could do anybody think of one more besides read your Bible and be in church well, time, for reflection. time for reflection or or daily prayer yeah reflecting on God's word or prayer I think that's a, I think either one of those are fair things to say Prayer is talking to God. I I have... Um, you don't communicate... With, if we don't communicate with God, how are we seeking what He wants for us? How do we find out what does He get... If we're not talking to Him, how are we going to know? Before you read your Bible, we spend time communicating with God. So if we're going to have success in the battle this year, the battles that are going to come, they may not be huge, but if we're going to have success in the battles, the Lord needs to be our God... Um, We need to follow God, we need to seek after, not the false gods, we need to to seek the Lord. Uh, Verse 4 again, of chapter 17, Uh, Therefore the Lord established His kingdom, Um, no, no, no. He sought the Lord God of His Father, He walked in His commandments, and did not walk according to the acts of Israel. So he sought God, but right in the middle of the verse, it tells him how he walked his daily life. How did Jehoshaphat walk his daily life? According to what? AJ, you have it? Are you you looking? Verse 5, in the middle of verse 5? Verse 4. He walked according to... David, your turn. God's commandments... You can't answer everything. <laughs> All right, he answered according to walk according to God's commandments. You know what Jesus said? One of the things Jesus said to us is that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. As we go through our walk in the year to come, and most of us are just waking up into two thousand or twenty twenty, we're just waking up to this being a new year. As we go out tomorrow. As the kids go back to school, as some go, some have been at work already, as some of you go back to work, as they go back into our daily routine, our walk needs to reflect the fact that we are the children of God. Verse in Hebrew in Ephesians I read in the last couple of weeks is that we are to walk worthy of the vocation to which we're called. We're walk worthy of what God gives us. Jehoshaphat was ready for the battle because he walked, he did what God said. And again, that goes back to our Bible side, doesn't it? Because the Bible tells us that we need to, to seek, seek the Lord and we walk according to His commandments. That means that as we're going along and as, we're, as we tend to get deterred from the path, we, we stay on track. We do what God tells us to do. And that can be really hard. You're going to be in situations in the year to come, school, work, family, whatever, where you are going to be tempted to not follow God, but follow after a friend or a family member, or to, or to do the wrong thing. And the temptation is going to be there. But he says that Jehoshaphat walked according to the commandments of God. I haven't read it in years. I used to read it every year. Pilgrim's Progress is a great Christian classic. And the um, problem is, if you read it, read an abridged version, they leave too much out. And if you can try to read the unabridged version. It's an old form of English. But the whole story about Pilgrim's Progress is when Christian starts out, he gets saved in the beginning. He, it's about his walk towards heaven. And as you read his story, over and over again, there's temptations. He he gets in despair. One of the very first places he comes to is called the Slough of Despond. That's, how, that's a terrible... Even if you don't know what Slough or Despond mean, that sounds like a bad place, doesn't it? The Slough of Despond is the bog of despair. Is what it means, and if you ever—I remember one time when the kids, were, when my kids were younger, they were close to adulthood back then, and we went to Lomond, and um, we were walking along part of the part of the um, the bog there, and it had been wet, and one of my sons dared my other son to jump in the bog, okay, out of the clear blue sky, and the older son jumped in the bog. And he had brand new trainers on and he got stuck in the bog. He got mired down. You know what, hobby, I don't understand, activity I don't understand. What's it called, bog jumping? I went bog jumping with some teenagers one time. You know what they do in bog jumping? They jump in the bog. And it's mucky up to the waist sometimes. I could not understand that for the life of me. But anyway, um, if we're not careful... And we don't follow God's path. We're going to get stuck in that slough of despond. Or that bog of despair. If we're not careful. But Jehoshaphat followed God's commandments. He got in trouble. He went off into different places. And different places that he got into. And he got away from God. But over and over again he came back to the right path. It's when he didn't follow God that he got in trouble. And Jehoshaphat's going to have the same problem. When he's not following God's commandments. He's going to get in trouble. He followed God's commands. And then in verse 5, we find out that God empowered him. God gave him the power that he needed to carry on. One more. Look at verse 6. Okay, look at verse 6. One more. Verse 6. You see him getting rid of the false gods in verse 6. But look at the beginning of verse 6. What kind of heart did he have according to verse 6? Hudson? Hudson. What do you think it means to delight in the Lord? Anybody. What do you think it means to delight in the Lord? Be happy to do what God, Be happy to do what God says to do. <clears throat> that's, 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 you know, how do we get that attitude? He delighted to do what God told him to do. It's like, we can make a point and say, man, I really got to do this? Problem is, we've made the wrong choice when we do that. We choose whether we're going to serve God with delight or whether we're going to serve God miserably. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about here? You understand? We choose whether we're going to follow God and delight, walk in the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Or we can walk as Christians in this... Party and says, oh, Nobody loves me and everybody hates me. I think I'm gonna go eat some worms because I'm a great nobody likes Christians around here and everybody. P-. We can all do that, but Jehoshaphat delighted to serve God, he looked forward every day, delighted that he had a chance to serve God. That's the choice he made to delight in God or to walk in misery. Walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. He delighted to do God's way. You ever met Christians like that? I I am so I admire them so much. You ever met ever met a believer who genuinely loved serving God? It wasn't just a fake, Amen, praise the Lord. But they were so excited, they woke up every day, <laughs> delighted to serve God. You met believers like that? You've been challenged by them? I have. I don't set out every day delighted to face another day. But Jehoshaphat delighted to walk in God's ways. He was excited. He delighted doing what God told him to do. Alright, I'm going to go quickly through some. We're going to stop in a minute here. Come back to the battle next week. Um, chapter 18. Jehoshaphat really... Bugged, got, well, um, look down to verse, no, let's go down to verse 10 um, of the same chapter. The fear of the Lord fell upon the kingdoms of his lands that were all around Judah. They didn't make war against Jehoshaphat. God gave them peace and God provided them for that. But then in chapters 18 and the beginning of chapter 19, he backslides. He makes an alliance with the world. Um, and, uh, so he, 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 you know what backsliding is? You know what backsliding is? Backsliding is when a believer steps back and doesn't do what they're supposed to do. Well, Jehoshaphat does that for a while and then he come. but then we come down. <coughs> Uh, he, he got confronted with his sin. Um, verse, chapter 19, verse 1 through 3. And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned safely to his house in Jerusalem. And Ye- Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him. And he, he confronted Je- King Jehoshaphat with his sin. Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Therefore the wrath of the Lord is upon you. Nevertheless, good things are found in you. You've removed the wooden images from the land. You've prepared your heart to seek God. What a friend that is. Jehu comes to me and says, you realize what you're doing. You've backslidden. You've turned from God. And yet Jehu says, yet there's still a right heart in you. Get your heart right and serve God. And we'll um, look at the beginning of the next chapter. Um, Jehoshaphat brings the people back. Uh, so starting in verse 4. <clears throat> So Jehoshaphat dwelt at Jerusalem. He went out again among the people from Beersheba to the mountain of Ephraim. And he brought them back to the Lord God of their fathers. He set up judges. He turned things around. And he got right with God. He commissioned the judges there. He said, don't use your own wisdom. Um, uh, Let me see here. He said, judges in the hands throughout the fortified cities. He said, pay attention to what you're doing. For don't judge by man, but judge by God. Another piece of good advice for our struggles. That's verse. I'm sorry. That verse um, verse six of chapter nineteen. Sorry about that. Um, I love the way my wife tactfully lets me know that I've not said anything. Um, but verse six, he says, he told the judges, uh, "Take heed to what you're doing, for you don't judge for man, but you're judging for the Lord." Verse seven. Therefore, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take care, and you do it. There is no iniquity with the Lord our God nor partiality, nor taking of bribes. And then verse 8, in in Jerusalem, from the judgment of the Lord, and for the controversy, Jehoshaphat appointed some of the Levites and priests, some of the chief fathers of Israel, when they had returned to Jerusalem. God, he commands them, act in the fear of the Lord, act faithfully, have a loyal heart. He's telling them again, he's getting them back on track. The key part as we build up to what's going to happen next week, and what we're going to see next week, is that there was Jehoshaphat started out right. He it, but he came back to God. And when he came back to God, God continued to direct him. And sometimes we do get off track. It happens. We've all been there. We get off track. We're not doing the right thing. But the wonderful thing is, is that God puts us back in the place to serve Him. I think the most obvious story of this, and it's, I think the clearest picture of this, is the story of the prodigal son. You know that we all know the story of the prodigal son. Everybody in the world knows the story of the prodigal son. Uh, the father had a son who went away from him, went off into the wilderness. He took his, he took his inheritance, he went off, and he um, finally realized the depth of his sin. But when the prodigal son came back, where was the dad? Do you know where the dad was? He was what we would call the front step today. <coughs> spent <coughs> spent his days <clears throat> waiting for his son to come home. That's what happens here. Is that's what he tells Jehoshaphat. You, you've messed up, but come on back. And that's the God that we have. We have the God of come on back. I'm still here. And, But in the case of the prodigal son, it's even bigger. Because <clears throat> when, when he saw his son coming down the road, what did the dad do? Did he go inside and sit down and read the paper? Saying, oh well, the boy's coming back. What did he do? He ran to him. And the picture of that is that God ran to welcome him back. And we can all get off track. And we've all been there. But you know what? The wonderful truth that Jehoshaphat experienced and the prodigal son experience is even if you have a great start and you slide back, God is still there waiting for you. So we're going to find out next week as he comes back to God. That doesn't make everything perfect. There's going to be a battle to come but we'll see how he's prepared for the battle next week and to see how to prepare ourselves for the things that are going to come. But for this week, let's look back and reflect on the things that Jehoshaphat did. And let's let's kind of challenge our heart as we start this new year. Remember, um, Remember, we walk in the way of David according to God's way. Didn't follow Baal. They sought the Lord. They followed the Lord's command and the Lord empowered him. He delighted in the Lord. <laughs> let's begin our year with the same desires in our hearts that we're going to follow God, we're going to walk according to His way, we're going to take the steps He wants us to take, and let's determine to make the right choice by the grace of God that we're not going to do it begrudgingly, but we're going to delight in walking in the Lord in the year to come and take joy in the fact of what God is doing in our lives. Father, I thank you for this brief introduction to um this historical event thank you that you you've guided Jehoshaphat's heart Lord I, I'm, I'm so blessed by the fact that he turned away and backslid and you, you welcome him back and I thank you that you are the God of second and third and fourth and fifth and tenth chances and I pray we might prepare our hearts Lord to follow you this year but above all the things we looked at help us to delight in doing your will in Jesus name we pray